0: yeah i love my hbcu mm. and Bob bon. i love it love it yeah. i love it love it yeah. i love my hbcu yeah. and man i hope my team they won one
1: yeah
0: i hope my team they won one yeah. yeah man i hope my team they I won one
1: yeah
0: i hope my team they won one yeah, yeah. I tune into the ACCU Sports Lab to see if my team want to lost. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. Log. But if they want, she's half. Yeah. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, he yeah. know what he be talking talkin about. My control, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. They compress the analytic data with your hip-hop. Yeah. If you know him like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, the team. if they want to lost. So
2: listen to Professor Yesler And pay attention Because he gonna teach a lesson This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab With Mike Washington and Charles Bishop Wait so much Mike Washington and Charles Bishop The professors are on call assignment Still trying to work it out as they get around the country But we have gentlemen that always join the lab in terms of visiting professors, they're almost clinical professors now after this semester. We have none other than Professor Drew and Professor Jones. That's A.D. Drew and B.J. Jones. <clears throat> As we get into it, welcome to episode 203 of Inside the HBC Sports Live radio show and podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBC Dash for all things HBC Sports from institutions large and small. From the NAIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs, and particularly the business of HBCU sports like none other. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Kavir, sitting in again for Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, and none other than A.D. Drew and D.J. Jones. So we're going to get into it. We are in our beautiful homes here. For me, Texas Southern University, from the campus of Houston, Texas. Well, actually, at our homes in Greater Houston, Texas. BJ Jones, you in Atlanta or Birmingham? You know, you. I am in
3: Birmingham,
2: Birmingham, Alabama. Birmingham, Alabama. have, I
0: see. AD Drew, you in I Atlanta
2: am. or you in Alabama yourself?
0: No, I'm, ba- I'm back in South Georgia. I was in Alabama yesterday for the Bios uh, tuskegee game. So.
2: South Georgia, getting in. Well, we'll get a chance to get in a little details, but if you would, today's episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THJ Agency. THJ Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. If you would allow me to take a little point of privilege at this moment, you know, we had Prayer Views Homecoming yesterday. It wasn't quite uh, the same because the RVs and tailgating were not allowed to be on campus. It was more of a virtual homecoming. It's the only virtual homecoming of the SWAC. You've seen several of the other HBCUs uh, throughout the country move to this format. But I bring that on not to really talk about homecoming in itself or was it what wasn't was it. there. <clears throat> it was. Magnificent in so many different ways. We'll talk about the game even a little more. But what I'm talking about now, Professor Drew and Professor Jones, is the cultural side of HBCUs. It's kind of hard to see that. But that's a glass that commemorates the 30th anniversary of none other than The Spring 91 line of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, Ada Gamma, 24 Sons of Raw. So you know we're going to do the slow burns, Waco.com. So I get to officially jump on this early, this cigar. And this time we're going to take it off the field a little bit and talk about, if you would, just the nature of why so many people talk about homecomings being those where you really celebrate. It is an anniversary. Oftentimes, it's the an anniversary of chapter lines that were initiated celebrating their years that they've become into their fraternity or sorority, mm-hmm. if you would. Sometimes, it's anniversaries of the chapter when it was established on a given campus. You have those anniversaries. Um, so, when we talk about people coming back, um, there is an extension to that in terms of these fraternity and sorority. So, I wanted to give a special shout out. It was 24 of us, but some of us were able to get together. We did some things Friday night, and Saturday night at a couple of brothers' house. So, I wanted to shout them out Brother Mark Tippy, uh, Getting in here, Wallace, if you would, Kennison Potts, Robert Chapman, Randy steady harris i ain't gonna go into some of their line names they, they might talk about a little bit 30 years later it's kind of hard <laughs> on some of them brother chris Jordan, brother tony hansen brother herb simmons some of them are literally taking their flight so they'll get to see this a little later as they're heading back to different places uh, some of them driving back this morning uh but just wanted to shout them out Alpha's in the house, you know what I'm saying. They did it big time, celebrated with all kinds of things. They got my official cigar representation. I can get it in now, even more so. Hopefully, as we get back to the field of play, we talk a little more about what took place yesterday. It looks like uh, we got some teams seriously in the driver's seat on both the East and the West, which brings me to B.J. Jones. I'm not even going to get into saying how these folks doing. We'll do that a little later. We're going to get right into it. P.J. Jones, you were out there, and I don't know if it was a statement, if you would, an allegorical statement, or was it a rhetorical question? But you made the statement about the brain. So, I don't know if there's a need to check some folks, you know, as blood pressure medicine, you know, we take this seriously. So, I thought I would do some checks and balances. Because you said something about, I don't know what's wrong with those braids. So, I was going to give you a chance maybe to explain that a little bit. So, I'm sure who you were mm-hmm. talking to understood, but just in case the rest of the HBCU folks out there, I thought I could help you out if you need me, you know, doctor, not that side of the doctor, but, you know, I did sleep at a.
3: Holiday here last night, so (laughs) you (laughs) know. Well, man, this was uh, kind of a shout-out to my man Elvin Chris of Alcorn State University, man. Good guy. Uh, Speaking of Divine Nine, man, member of Phi Beta Sigma. Uh, There you go. He's he's a great guy, man. If if you go to Alcorn, he'll take care of you, man. He's he's one of the men on the grill, but he always does a video after Alcorn. Always uh, does a video after the Alcorn uh, State games, and, and man, he's uh, energetic and entertaining, to say the least. So I, I thought I was going to mess with him a little bit yesterday um, after Alcorn lost to Bethune-Cookman. And it was a rough loss um, for Alcorn. You know, Bethune-Cookman winless on the year. Uh, Alcorn in the hunt, uh, still was in the hunt for the uh, Western Division uh, title. And everything got altered down to Daytona yesterday. Uh, Bethune-Cookman gets their first win of the year. And, Lord and behold, you know, it was against a, a, a championship-contending team. Uh, but the thing about it is I don't, I don't want people to focus on so much what's wrong with, with Alcorn as to Bethune-Cookman was almost here at Prairie View a few weeks ago. That's You're right. Almost here without them the beginning of the season. Uh, you know, uh, Bethune-Cookman had some opportunities. And the way that they, their season has gone – uh, you know, they've missed out. Uh, but they got a big win on yesterday. And if you're allcorn, this game coming up against Prairie View, man, is very, very important. Uh it's it's win and stay alive, losing is all over. So uh that's the week to come for all corn.
2: Yeah, no doubt. We'll get into some particulars because now allcorn needs some more help. Basically, between Jackson State and Prairie View when one of the last two, um, and it is Katie Barr, the door. Going to you, A.D. Drew, in a lot of ways, you talked about the fact that um, you saw a preview coming out of the West. We'll give you a chance to get a little detail, but you also talked about that no team was going to go winless in terms of the conference. Now, you said nobody's going to go undefeated, and there's still a chance for that to hold true as well. Let's not get that lost. But We've cleared the first bar, so let me jump down and give some of these top ten what happened in the major division and mid-major division, then we can get into a little more discussion as we take our first break. Shout out to all the lab listeners out there. Noel Price, Ricky Burton is in the house. Lonnie Shaw is doing everything that he does, talking about good morning. Karen Griffin. Phillips is in here, checking us all out. Appreciate it. William E. Davis, talking about strike, strike, strike again. Yeah, that was a tough one on the bluff. We'll get into that. Reginald Johnson's in the house, Brother Johnson. Coach George Suggs is doing what he always does. Appreciate you. G-Boom Holly's in here. Happy homecoming from Prairie View A&M, no doubt about it. Uh, Thomas Einstein Maddox, morning. Yes, yes, shout out. Keep it coming. With that, the number one team, Jack State Tigers, pushed past Texas Southern Tigers 42-21. to Looked like it was going to be a shootout. Certainly was the first half, and then the defense came to play for – the Tigers of Jackson State, and held them scores. We'll see that refrain in a couple of other matchups. When you talk about number two, Prairie B.A. and Panthers, come from behind to defeat Alabama State Hornets 24-20. to 20. It was a 20-10 to 10 halftime lead for the Hornets. A lot of folks were looking at it with one eye. Defense showed up for the Panthers in the second half as well. Shut out Alabama State Hornets, and their offense was able to put up two touchdowns, so they come from behind and win, and then hold off the Hornets there. Florida Inland Rattlers defeated number nine Southern Jaguars 29-17. Same thing. Came from behind. Shut out Southern in the second half on a defensive perspective, and they get the win. Then it gets interesting. The number four, North state Spartans lose in overtime. That was actually double overtime over the North Carolina Central Eagles. And much like the Panthers, we told everybody, hashtag protect your homecoming. Well, the Central Eagles did that, sir, did the Prairie View, but those sneaking homecoming upsets were out there. They were close, but not to be. 38-36, man, that was a well of a game. We'll get into that, obviously. Number five, Tennessee State Tigers. Their win streak comes to an end as UT Martin Skyhawks make a statement in terms of the OVC as they defeat the Tennessee State Tigers 41-20. I'm not sure if it's that close. Just talked about. Number six, Alcorn State Braves losing in the morning uh, it, with that cup of tea. Many people were just getting up, especially those at home coming I imagine, unless they were going to those parades trying to figure it all up. The next thing you know, down go the Braves, making it challenging for them to come out of the West. Still are alive mathematically, but it gets interesting.
1: And number seven,
2: Alabama A&M Bulldogs are quietly have won two in a row. Yes, they seem to be out of the race. But they have a ability to make a statement in terms of closing out the season. Some folks thought this would be an interesting matchup in terms of Mississippi Valley State Delta Devils, but Bulldogs get it done big time, 42 to 14. Number eight, South Carolina State Bulldogs, they find a way just to win a game, Howard Bison, uh, but they win it 15 to 12 Bulldogs. So they continue to control their destiny, even though Norfolk State lost, they're not out of it. But one of the surprises, and was we talked about teams that were winless, which is Bethune-Cookman getting that win over All-Forrest State Braves. We also had that being done with Delaware State as number ten Delaware State uh, loses. This was a Thursday night game. Oregon State Bears just hold off Delaware State Horns as they came charging in that fourth quarter, uh, literally goal line stance if you would have it, protecting the end zone with the Bears to get that ultimate victory. Uh, while I was excited to see what the Hornets were doing and want to see them keeping a race, I was even more pleasantly surprised about how the Bears continue to fight, and they, in a lot of ways, really deserved that game as they were able to get it done and hold it off as they win twenty to fourteen. A couple of coaches, get, players get out of that losing column, so it was good to see that. One that's off the radar, as we'll get into that, is uh, Pampa. While they had a victory, Division Two victory. They did, haven't had a conference victory, so while a lot of eyes were focused on Bethune-Cookman and all going straight, you also had the fact that Pine Bluff, Golden Lions, get it done, which may make it a little more interesting in Grambling in terms of what people were questioning coaching. We see Drew over there fixing, getting this stuff straight in terms of the camera. He want to make sure you do this. Let's get into the mid-major, and then we'll get in our first break and come back and talk a little more. <laughs> Number one, Langston Lions, they lose. Um their matchup, so it's tough. We'll see what that means. That's two in a row. Um, they had a chance to control the division, so it looks like that won't be the case there. So that was tougher. Bowie B- B- State Bulldogs is they blow out Albany State, uh golden Rams, they make a statement in a blowout fast. Uh Fayetteville State continues just to do what they do. They win. So we know that matchup is set up. We'll get in a little bit of that talk. CIAA championship, now the SIC championship is set up, too, because Miles dominates Tuskegee uh, in that matchup. Kentucky State had an outside chance. They needed to win. They did do their part, dominated Central State, uh, but not to be done when they found out what Miles got done as well. So upset there in terms of Shaw Barrett a little bit, surprising some folks. So we'll get into that a little more. Let's take our first break and we'll get into some discussion on some of these matchups and see what people think. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break.
1: Let's get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your family.
0: Nope Nope, you want him?
3: Ooh, I like him.
1: No! No! Quick, the quicker picker upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker. and each sheet is two times more absorbent so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, The quicker picker upper. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do, Brian, A D Roy, all you guys at BCSN. We really appreciate what it is that you guys you guys do for us. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports Network.
2: This is Dr. Gaville with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop sitting in for the professors, is none other than Professor Drew and Professor Jones. Let's get back into it and get into some of these hot matchups. Anything to you, Drew, stood out yesterday in terms, especially at the Division II level? You know, this is the last weekend before they get into the championship matchups they have next weekend, and then, obviously, Division II playoff starts. Um, So this weekend for Division II programs, CIAA and SIEC, tend to be rivalry week. Anything that stood out to you in terms of some of these rivalry games?
0: (laughs) Yeah, the score, my brother. <laughs> you know, you had people. You had you had a few competitive. You had a few competitive games, very few. Then you had games where teams opened up a, a small can of whoop. You know, about a t- about a ten ounce can. You had then you had games where teams opened up a a number ten can of whoop, and then you had that one game out there, Bowie and. Elizabeth City. That's not a quote unquote rival game, but Bowie we opened up a whole keg of whoop on Elizabeth City, beat them by uh, almost seventy points in on the last game of the year. You know, we seventy nine to six. Yeah, when you look at your schedule, you look at you look at those classic matchups. Whatever your classic is whatever your homecoming is, and probably the number three thing on there, you look at that last game of the season, that quote-unquote rival game, to see, to make your plans on which games you're going to go to and where they are, depending on the location. So, disappointing last day of the season. Very anti-climatic on the Division two level. Yeah, miles 52, Tuskegee
2: 23. You talked about that one. Kentucky State, 63. Central State, zero. Uh, so, your point is well taken. Albany State, 57. Fort Valley State, zero. Um, so, yeah, there were different sizes of whoop-ass cans that was out here that uh, certainly looked interesting. With that being said, uh, we did have the Morehouse Park Atlanta, thirty-five twenty-six. So, that was relatively competitive was in terms of that game. Was one of the exceptions to what you saw there? Fayetteville, on Salem State. Fayetteville continues to win. It was just ten to three, so not there in that case either. But yeah, it was a lot of lopsided. Let me go to BJ Jones. Uh, uh, before,
0: before we jump off division two, can I bring up one other thing? No,
2: we're staying on there. I just want to get BJ Jones' thoughts right. on some of those scores.
3: There. Oh man, the, the biggest thing is that the two teams that I think they're sure in for the playoffs: Bowie State and Albany State they made statements on yesterday Uh, and they made statements going into the championship games on next week. Uh, If you're a Fayetteville state or you're miles college, you're almost lambs (laughs) being led to the slaughter next week. Uh, So it'll be interesting, interesting to see how those ball games go, particularly in the SIAC because we've seen miles college do this several times, lose to a team during the regular season and then come back in the championship game and find a way to win it. We'll see Um, If Coach Richard Ruffin and the Golden Bears will have the same thing uh, in store upcoming on Saturday as they will host Albany State uh, for the SIAC
2: title. You wanted to add something else to that before we move on to some of the major division games?
0: Yeah. Uh, The other thing is, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't this also three years in a row? for Albany State and Miles in the SIAC championship game. You know, we talk about it so much on the uh, CIAA side, but I believe this is three years in a row for Albany State and Miles in the championship game. The difference is I believe there's a been a split over the last uh, couple of years in that particular championship game. That's number one. But speaking of the CIAA, I have to mention the... Disgrace, game and we know how the CIAA has come down on these things. The game between Johnson C. Smith and uh, Livingstone on yesterday, when the game was declared a no contest in the third quarter because of uh, too much extracurricular activities with uh, with hands. We'll just leave it at that uh, during the game. So, uh, for for those seniors, for those teams shame on you for letting things get out of control at that level. And we've seen the CIAA has cut a championship game off with with crap happens. So I really want to see what's going to happen, the outcome of this particular incident.
2: Yeah, yeah great point when you talk about that. That's um, concerning to see. Got to find a way to get that done. Did want to talk about Jones – And Drew, as you talk about the teams that are winning and how it sets up for the CIAA championship and the SIC championship and where they are in terms of the region, which gives me a chance to give an update of, like, number four West Florida as they defeat West Alabama, 47-27. to So it'll be interesting to see kind of how that plays off as you start talking about some of those regional alignment to see ultimately... Where are they going to get in the playoffs? Obviously, that means that Bowie State and Albany State would have to win the championship. Fayetteville State is going to have a statement to say about that. You know, they want to change the tie as they have played in the last three games it's going Bowie State way. Then you're talking about Albany State and Miles. Obviously, there was a year hiatus because of COVID, nobody playing at the Division II level, basically, certainly a full season, unlike what you saw to some degree, with some of the teams out of the MIAC and just about all the teams out of SWAC. So it'll be interesting to see what that alignment looks like when we get into a little more about where teams are uh, as those ratings come out. You got Henderson State at number 17, defeating Oklahoma Bat- Baptist 36-34. to 34. Uh, Tight one there, Bados, the State, defeated North Greenville 31-21. to 21. Um, So it'll be interesting to see some of these teams that are jockeying for their position. Uh, West Midwest state at the 18th was 12 to 15 as they lose the West Texas A&M. That's outside of the region, but you get the idea in terms of what I'm talking about there. With that being said, before I do that, maybe I'll go back to BJ Jones and see any, Discussion in terms of where you see the rankings at. And then I come to you, Drew, with the same type of framework. Uh, I think- Division two playoffs. What do you look to see? Um, a little more detail, what you talk about playoff. I mean, championship games and how that can align with the playoff.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, with, with uh, Albany State and Bowie State, it's simple. Uh, win and, you you know, you're pretty much guaranteed in. Um, and, and, and being able to do that, uh, doesn't matter how you do it, uh, but you got to get it done. Another team that's kind of out there, kind of hanging, Savannah State. Uh, Savannah State, eight and two. On the outside looking in, uh, there were a lot of questions about Savannah State. Do they pick up a, you know, do they pick up an extra game and try to uh, pick up a win, to boost themselves in the regional rankings and so forth. So, it will be inter- interesting to see what Savannah State uh, will do. But talk about Savannah State think about what that program is now compared to where they were a few years ago. we talk about two straight winning seasons and it looks like that, that's a program on the rise uh, down there in South Georgia.
2: No doubt about it. Going to you, Drew, before we go to this break, I like that point that you made there. Um, and we were hearing that Savannah state may try to pick up a game with Shaw uh, bears, but after Shaw bears lost, I'm not sure how much that will help them. Uh, even if they are able to schedule that game, it certainly wouldn't do anything for Shaw, and Shaw probably had a reason to seriously consider playing that game because they could have kind of helped themselves. But after that, uh, what many people see in terms of top-ten rankings, that upset uh, by Shaw Bears, I'm interested to see where they even seriously consider to play that. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, I remember, I want to say it was 2014, when Tuskegee needed an extra game, and Virginia State, with nothing to – to win or lose agreed to play Tuskegee and to travel to Tuskegee to play that game. I believe that was 2014 when that, uh, when that occurred. So, you know, maybe brothers will help brothers out in that situation, but we do know one thing that game will probably be on the road because there were storms that went through the Savannah area on yesterday and they suffered significant damage to mm. the field turf at their stadium with the stadium. uh, The stadium was basically flooded and mm. it created bubbles up under the turf and the game. And they worked last night to try to get, to get the game in. They eventually had to move that game to a high school stadium in order to get that game in. And I believe that game did not start until about nine 30, 10 o'clock local time for what was originally scheduled a five o'clock start, uh, Kudos to Ember Waters for being so patient and working with them as Ember Waters was trying to get them to go ahead and get on the bus and come to Jacksonville and let's play this game on uh, on Sunday. But, you know, they, they did get the game in. West Alabama, who was immediately ahead of Savannah State, lost. So that opens the door for Savannah to get to number eight. Looking at some games that's coming up this week for those regional teams. bound Austin State and West Florida play each other. That's the number one versus the number 14. Somebody's got to win. Somebody's got to lose. And Valdosta lost. They opened the door for Bowie to get to that number one spot. So let's keep an eye on that game. West Florida, even with a loss, will probably still be in unless you get a preferred qualifier like a Fayetteville State get in as West Florida Will probably still be at their top seven, but if Fayetteville State defeats Bowie. They could bump out a team like a West Florida, right in, at that number seven, or unfortunately, could bump a Savannah State out, who may rise up to that number, uh, to that number seven uh, ranking. One other, one other game you want to keep an eye on is uh, Mars Hill <laughs> and Wingate. Wingate was originally in the top ten. They've lost a couple. You need, you need to become a Mars Hill, uh, excuse me, a Wingate fan. If you want Savannah State to have a chance, because Savannah State needs Wingate to win to drop Bars Hill uh, down. That's one of those teams ahead of them that Savannah State could realistically jump up ahead of, especially if they pick up an extra game.
2: Great information. Uh, exactly what we do here. Wanted to share you in depth. Wanted to give a little more love to the Division II side. We'll come back after this break and we'll touch on a couple of key matches. We won't take long. Because we said with the scores, they weren't there. And then we'll get in the meet and we'll talk a little deeper into terms of a lot of these major division games just to give you that. But certainly wanted to get in there, uh, give you that information about what's going on at the Division two level, time to play conference championship games, and let's see what takes place and who gets the bids to the playoffs at the Division two level. Remember, it's different than the FCS level where you have to – have your automatic or at large bids uh, take place and you have to pay to host games. We've seen a lot of dialogue about that. So I wanted to make sure that this, that is distinctly different than what you see at the division two level where it's regional rankings um, and the cost is taken care of uh, based on your seeding. who has the highest seed automatically gets the home game. Let's take our halftime break. We'll be right back after this break and we'll get into some more dialogue As we get going, it's just getting interesting uh, in terms of what's taking play in the HBCU landscape. This is Dr. Ville inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Professor Drew and Professor Jones.
0: It's the show where we take you inside the game before the game begins. It's 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 the Free free Game!
1: game. With your home, go! Get ready because we pregame
0: harder than the other shows' party. It's C pregame.
1: Your ad could be ran here.
0: MyJBN.com backslash
2: support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information.
3: Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working,
1: huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know.
0: (laughs) Never not working. Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology.
2: This is Dr. Ville with Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. They're out on assignment, so we have none other than the visiting professors. That's Professor Drew and Professor Jones, A.D. Drew and B.J. Jones. Some people call them Division II gurus and the football guru, you know, all those good things, accolades alone. One I did want to touch on that we really hadn't which is a tough one. Langston, Oklahoma, W.E. Anderson Stadium. I mean, Langston Lions have played so well for so much of the season, but it's a full season for a reason. Arizona Christian Firestorm, and this was a home game. Uh, they lost. And so Firestorm's improved to 7-2 and 6-2. And and Ty Langston, previously ranked number four in the mid ranger They'll probably drop down from that. They're at 7-2 overall, 6-2, losing their – uh, last two games, both of them being close, close losses. This one was overtime. They lose 40-37. to 37. Crazy matchup there. Any thoughts in terms of that matchup or what this does just to the NIA playoff? Hopes, obviously. Conference championships out the window. What are your thoughts on this, B.J. Jones?
3: Man, for Langston, it definitely took a hit, man. I was looking at the NIA, NAIA projections for the playoffs, and Langston was in a group with winning your end. Uh, and here definitely a loss definitely uh, hurts their chances. We'll see how it shakes out, but uh, this loss was not kind to the
0: Lions at all. Drew, what are your thoughts? Disappointing is the word that uh, I, I, I would have to say, you know, you and I were a few of the people in HBCU Media that were really on Langston's coattail, and we were on the uh. The Lion train. And unfortunately, the train has come has come to a stop temporarily. You know, we we can the one loss that we thought they would possibly get. They won. I don't know if it's been a letdown or a hangover after that loss for the next two in a row. But, you know, there were questions about length and schedule early in the season that they were playing some softer teams and some easier teams. So maybe it's catching up with them. They were maybe got a little bit too overconfident. They defeated all those teams early. Uh, se- what, seven of them in a row, six in a row, then they defeated that one tough team. And now maybe they we're dealing with 18- to 22-year-olds. They read their own press clippings. They create their own press clippings now. So maybe they believe too much of the hype. That's pretty good.
2: Not only do they read their own press they create it. The, and they do. Yeah, the tough one is, is they have the win over the Spirits uh, on the road, which now clinched the regular season championship, basically. They're 7-1 in the conference race. Uh, Langston falls a six and two and it's a three-way tie between the Arizona Christian and Texas Wesleyan uh, Christian uh, you can see that as a tough loss but the one that really sticks out to you is losing at uh, Louisiana Christian which is uh, all the way down to number seven overall uh, in terms of where they are that's the one that really is gonna hurt because the rest of them you have you create a two-way tie and you actually have the head-to-head tiebreaker against the spirit so you win the the division uh, without that uh, Louisiana Christian loss. But moving on, it is what it is. And like you said, B.J. Jones, we'll follow and see what this does in terms of the playoffs, hope, and um, tough one in terms of the way to close out the season. Gives you another indication why you have to play it all the way through. Another rivalry game we didn't talk about a little bit, uh, a post-game, but Virginia Union gets the best of Virginia State uh, as – they win that game 20 to 13. Uh, Virginia Union closes it out on the season six to four, five, and two, outside of any hope of the playoffs, but they do get to set themselves up for the offseason in terms of recruiting, making another step in the statement. I know to a lot of folks though, a little bit of disappointing. Virginia Union, I thought, thought they would do a little better this season, but you had a big bad bully over there, as somebody said out there, <laughs> talking what about, about Bully State. Uh, in the game they played in terms of the score, that they just big bullies. Well, yeah, they bullying all over the conference. We'll see if that continues in CIAA. double eight But I did want to point out that game there. We talked about Tuskegee and Miles, and we talked about uh, Kentucky State over Central Matadors in terms of those big scores. So let's get into some of this major division talk as we get into it before we get into some of these major games. I did want to get into that grammar. UAPB gets off the snide Defeating Grambling 33-26 Want to talk about Your thoughts of this game This matchup In terms of what took place And then the outside of this Uh, We already saw a change At Alabama State Obviously it looks like There's going to be a change uh, Southern University uh, In terms of the interim role Now you're talking about Fox What does this do with the Bayou Classic Both these teams are not playing Where they want to be Fobs has a little more room in terms of where he's on contract, but I think there's going to be some folks that are concerned about the direction of the Graham State Tigers talk about this matchup and how that goes into uh, the coaching component of this as well. Obviously they decided to shirt uh bottom. Mm-hmm. So that's something also that we got to put out there. I'm going to go to you first, BJ Jones. What are your thoughts on that? My thing for
3: Grambling, man, it's, it's, it's been rough. Um, you know, it's been, you know, 2017 seems like moons ago. You know? <laughs> wow. True. And if you're, you're grambling, I mean, you, you got to wonder, you know, what's the direction of the program? I know we, we heard a lot about, you know, grambling the offseason, about them retooling, don't pay too much attention to the spring. Uh, defensively, grambling is a lot better. Um, they have one of the best defenses uh, in, in, in the conference. The problem is the offense, particularly on the offensive line, is bad. And it doesn't matter who they play at quarterback. That that that, that doesn't change. Um, and, and because the offense is so bad, that offense keeps the other teams in games. And you put right. a lot of pressure on uh, that defensive football team. Didn't see yesterday coming. Um, I thought that, you know, Arkansas Power Bluff had pretty much it in. Uh, but if, if you're grambling, a lot of people are now talking about moving on. I know that Fox is on the contract. He has a a sizable buyout. Uh, But, you know, when we want people gone, we'll find the money. (laughs) We'll find the money to tell you sayonara. And I think it might be, you know, we'll see over the next couple of weeks. And I think, you know, a loss in that Bayou Classic. That might be the death nail. Uh, You
0: know, we'll see. Drew, what are your thoughts? I want to play a game with you guys. The game is called either, neither, or both. And the question is, will Broderick Fobbs and uh, Jason Rollins be the coach of their respective teams for the Bayou Classic, either, neither, or both? Would, each, would these universities make a move before the Bayou Classic, given the disappointment? of both of these teams. Anybody want to play with me?
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll jump out there and say both will be coaching. That's not the tradition that you see from Southern nor Gramlin to make changes in the season. They tend to let it play out. I certainly don't see that taking place at Gramlin. Maybe at Southern, I'll let DJ Jones say whether that may be the case. Uh, what are your thoughts on that?
3: Uh, no, at, at Southern, man, Jason Rollins, he's an interim. room. It does you no good to cut him loose. At this particular point, he's a he's an interim. His his you know job uh, duties a, expire. There's no need in replacing the interim with another interim. Um, <laughs> you, you know, you, you good point. You, you, I mean, you you kind of know. Hey, you know, once this thing concludes, and I'm pretty sure that he he knows. Um, he's a smart man. Uh, that you know, once the clock strikes zero, you know, at the Bayou Classic, you know, we thank you for what you've done, and we move on. Uh, with 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 Grambling, I don't see them getting rid of the fobs, uh, not not prior to the uh, end of the season. Um, he's a G-man. Played for Coach Robinson. No Played running back there. Uh, there's a certain way you got to treat your own. Because if you treat your own a certain kind of way, imagine how you'll treat me coming from the outside. Uh, so I, I think both of them will be coaching um, that last week in November.
2: Great points there. Nah. I did want to get into this first quarter. To take a little bit on the field, I thought it was interesting that the first quarter the score was three to two. You don't see that very often. I did also want to shout out Skylar Perry in terms of his play because he's had you know a down season, and I'm sure he would tell you that too. Some of it injury, and outside of that, but he was 11 or 22, uh, 163 yards, two touchdowns. He also got in on the action on the ground, 15 carries for 146 yards and two touchdowns. So big uh, time play from Skylar Perry. That's two in a row for him uh, over Grambling coming out of the greater Louisiana area, obviously got it done last year against Southern, not so much at home game, but I think there's a measure of respect. So I wanted to make sure I gave him his accolades Uh, playing through a tough season at this point, certainly had higher expectations and he wasn't quite reaching them. So I thought that was interesting. So I wanted to get into that. We're going to take this uh, last break and we'll get into even more of these major division games breakdown. Stick with us. We're into it for the fourth quarter. Let's see what we come back, break it down for you.
1: UltraSoft has so much cushiony
3: softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less.
1: Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin UltraSoft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Here, are the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Roundtable, the Pregame Show, the Carlos Brown Show, the O.M.G. Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way. You consume HBCU Sports one broadcast at a time.
2: Dr. Cavill's inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Yes, it was a great homecoming. Yeah, I made it through it. I made it through it, gentlemen. You see, I'm up, right, ready to go. Uh, So,
0: Were were you just bright in everything when you were a student at Prairie View Doc?
2: Oh, no, man. It's a whole different world,
0: man. Uh, I hate to even think about it. It's a
2: different world. I'm trying to be like BJ Jones. I was excited about Yeah, I was the man. Mr. Big Pie, as you know, is that name. Oh, a lot of people don't know. And I'll tease this out there. I'm not, Hopefully, I won't I hate that I put this out there, but they used to call me Yada Bear, the Big Bear, at a dance and all. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's get back to it. Prairie Texas Panther Stadium Homecoming Squack. Alabama State Hornets fall to three and five, two and four as they lose the number two Prairie and Panthers, who are now seven and one, six and old, oh, clearly uh, controlling their own destiny. Destiny, they can get it all done last next week as they travel to Allcorn really get a full payback of multiple seasons. But even uh, with that. Um, they have a way to win it out. If they win one of the last two, they're still in. So fascinating of how this is coming down. It looks like a clash between Jackson State and Prairie View. Who would have thunk that for a lot of people early uh, as we started the season? So number two, Prairie View, come from behind to beat Alabama State Hornets 24 to 20. Sticking with you, Drew, what were your thoughts and turns this matchup uh, as it went down?
0: Scary. That that that's the best way, you know. We had a couple of homecoming games that turned out to be scary this weekend. Yes, teams protected their homecoming, but you might have gotten a that's check with, with a few more digits in it if you would have <laughs> done what you needed to do at home. And let's take that preview game. I was uh, I was trying to monitor that game while I was uh, uh, calling the game at Birmingham, and when I, when I was giving the score, I'm like. I had to re- I had to keep refreshing my screen to make sure that the score was in there backwards because you know calling it the Tuskegee games it's just a natural tendency we give out the other Alabama schools uh, scores as they're playing because we've got a lot like of uh, like lots of families that uh are tied to multiple schools in the state of Alabama and it, it it was scary it it was scary for a couple of reasons number one you want to see at this point in the season, you really want to see Jackson State at Prairie View go into that SWAC championship game undefeated in the SWAC. That's number one. That's going to be the best matchup. That's going to be the matchup everyone's going to be talking about. And that's the matchup that may potentially bring 50,000 people to uh, Memorial Stadium there in Jackson. Now let's go over to that BAC game.
1: Double overtime? Well, let
2: me let B.J. Oh, Jones I'm talk sorry. about this game, and then we'll get into the the, the me, because I, I want to take a deeper dive in there, Jones. What was your thoughts in terms of Prairie View for, Al- and Alabama, for State? Alabama?
3: For Alabama State, could have, would have, should have. Anytime you go up 20 to 10, uh, they had opportunities, uh, to put Prairie View away and, and missed opportunities. And, and true, this has been synonymous with the Alabama State season. It's been a rough one for the Hornets, but they had opportunities, they had opportunities a week ago against Alabama AM. Um, the only game I felt like that there was no chance with Florida A&M uh, because they couldn't do anything offensively. But even if you look at the Jackson state games, you connect on two or three passes. That's a completely different game. And, you know, if you're Alabama state, the, the, you know, the one thing you can hang your hat on is help us on the way. Uh, you know, there's going to be a regime change down there. Um, this football team will look different next year uh, up under a new leader, but, you know, at 20 to 10, a lot of Alabama state people were happy and excited that, you know, this was going to be um, a signature win. And, you know, preview scores, 14 Answer. Shout out to Coach Dooley and that staff. Uh, they get it done. They, they're rolling in the all coin next week.
2: Coin well-taking. As you talk about it, let's get a little bit, before we get that MIAC, because I want to get into that North Carolina Central Norfolk State game. I really want your thoughts on that. But let's get into this uh, game between Jackson State, Texas Southern, since we're talking about potentially this matchup. Um, this is another one where Jackson State had to come from behind. Now, it was early. into that second quarter, and then they actually go into the half, leading 21-7. Texas Southern ties it up, and it stays that way until you get into the fourth quarter where Jackson State really explodes with 20 points to close it out in style um, as they get it done and roll away uh, from Jackson State as it goes to 27-21, and then they just uh, follow up and get it done. What are your thoughts in terms of what took place there, sticking with you, B.J. Jones? Uh, between the Texas Southern Tigers and Jackson State Tigers when you really built this in a lot of ways based on two freshman quarterbacks going at each other. And it lived up to it, at least for the first half.
3: Well, if you look at him, Andrew Biden didn't have the best game through the air um, that he's had this year. Jackson State's ability to run the football, I mean, I'm sorry, Texas Southern's ability to run the football against that Jackson State front seven, uh, Texas Southern, was they were gashing them.
2: 259 total second,
3: yards. Yeah. This is the second week in a row that Jackson State has been susceptible to the run. Um, that's going to be interesting going into next week because we know that Southern can run it and they like to run it. Um, but you know, Jackson State didn't play their best game. But hey, in the second half, they found a way to close it out. That defense finally they they locked down. Uh and, and offensively they were able to take advantage of some um of some mismatches and and they were able to get it done 41-21. Um, and that's what you need to do at this point. Uh, when you're in a championship race this late in the season, it's about surviving advance. It's not about the style points, it's just simply surviving advance.
2: Yeah, let's play into that role, and I'll come to you to talk about this game or just thought process. Jackson State has Southern on the road. They go down there, and then at home, they have Alcorn. Prairie View, they go to Alcorn this week, and then they have Mississippi Valley State at home. Just those team, two teams, three teams, when you look at about closest. Uh, FAMU, obviously, um, is starting to close out the season. They have that rivalry game against Bethune-Cookman. And prior to that game, who does FAMU have left on the schedule?
0: Uh, they have UAPB this week.
2: Okay. Uh, and they go to Pine Bluff. So, that's interesting. Yeah. After Pine Bluff got the win, I still think FAMU has two Third game in row. Yeah, road game. So, it'll be interesting about that. But in particular, this matchup, Drew, any thoughts you want to share on that or just how things may play out going forward? Either way, what direction do you want to go?
0: What, what it seemed like we had last weekend, and I'll throw a prayer you back into this conversation that this is also with Jackson State. I think we had track weekend. We had emotional games the week before for a lot of these SWAC teams. They had big games coming up next week that made yeah. things uh, – conference races, uh, personal rivalries, et cetera, et cetera. This was a classic trap game weekend for a lot of the teams in the SWAC. Fab, you, I'm going to call you out because this third road game in a row to Pine Bluff is your trap game. You just had the emotional win against Southern. You've got Bethune. Thank God Bethune finally got a victory so they won't have that extra motivation against Fab U <laughs> in the Florida Classic. But you've got to take care of business up there, up there in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Long that, trip. Yeah, and, and, and that's a long trip. Don't know if they, I'm hoping they're flying. Don't know if they're flying or it though I hope they're flying into Little Rock and busting over from Little Rock. But uh, mm-hmm. classic trap weekend for a lot of teams in the in the swag. That's that's the best thing that we can say. And if you're a fam you fan, you do not want Jackson State to lose another game. If a team has to lose in the swag, if you're a rattler, you 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 wish it be be you Don't cut me off, doc. I know this is your show, but don't cut me off when I say that because fam you needs Jackson State to win out to have an outside chance of getting an at-large berth in the division, excuse me, in the FCS playoffs, especially now since Tennessee State has lost control to Ohio Valley, that Fab you may be our only representative in the FCS playoffs now.
2: I actually, I agree with you right on. I mean, the only thing that we talked about earlier would be nice about is if both teams go in undefeated. And I think from my recollection, that would be the first time that has ever happened. So it'll be interesting to kind of see that. As the conference expands, it's more likely that those, that will happen. So that's an interesting thing. Before we move on to the Midiac yeah, with that North Carolina Central and Norfolk State as we tease it out, I did want to finish FAMU and Southern FAMU goes on the road, gets it done on the bluff 29-17 to 17, coming from behind. Um, really like everything about that matchup in different ways. Uh, first half was magical in terms of just how it played out. Uh, second half uh, Southern gets shut, shut out And uh, FAMU only puts up nine points But it was nice to really but uh, Put the spread out there They go for it on a fourth down Where it looks like Southern had a chance to make a couple of Key stops, gets it done uh, Penalties that uh, just kind of Like I believe B.J. Jones will talk about this season It's endemic of how they played Of being close but not so much uh, As they would say Close but no cigar When we talk about slow burners, waco.com. Uh, get your cigars for these championship race or these big matchups, rivalry games, make sure you're ready to celebrate. Already done it for homecoming. Get your second batch. I know some of y'all out there on it. Uh, But I thought that was interesting in terms of how they played out. What are your thoughts on that, BJ?
3: Biggest thing for uh, Southern, play hard. Um, Mistakes, discipline and and mental mistakes has been the staple of this season uh, for Southern University. Um, had opportunities to get a big stop, uh, stopped them, uh, but then kept giving them, you know, kept giving them chances. And I I think, you know, for Southerns, this team competed. uh, But, you know, yesterday, uh, a lot of question marks for Jaguar Nation, a lot of question marks. And uh, you got a lot of people in Jaguar Nation that's frustrated. uh, And quite frankly, a lot of people that's in, in Jaguar Nation that's mad as hell. Uh, and, and that, that 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 doesn't go well. That doesn't go well. No, it doesn't. Uh, we, no, it doesn't. We'll see what happens. Well. Yeah, we'll see what happens next week uh when Jackson State comes calling.
2: Well, yeah, you talk about Michael Rodog Reed and uh, Jimmy out there. A lot of these folks are talking about 2021 Bayou Classic Champions. That's not gonna go well in the state of Louisiana when everybody gets to kind of put that check mark uh far too much versus uh, the Louisiana schools. 80 Drew, what are your thoughts in terms of
0: this game? Well, I'm definitely not getting ready to sound like a homer when I uh, make, make these comments. Uh, everyone knows I'm a Florida AM graduate. But six downs. It took Fab U six downs to get into the end zone from inside the three yard line, including the last three downs from the one or closer. Yes, Southern had some penalties that gave Fairview the opportunity for fifth down and sixth down. But you can't pick up three yards in six tries. I, 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 have, I have to question that Fairview, you know, with running game. And we talking about Fairview uh, trying to get to the playoffs. The decision to go for it on fourth down, even though you were at the one or it maybe slightly inside the one, I have to question that decision was Fab you tried to go for style points because conventional wisdom tells you you're up six at that point in time in the game. You're you under tip, you're around 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Kick the field goal, you're up two scores as good as your defense is. You 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 go up two scores, and the game is academically over at that point in time. You did not convert. Were it not for those penalties, you would have given Southern a breath of life and put yourself in a position to lose that game. Don't take this the wrong way, BJ, but thank God for Southern not being disciplined on those last two plays <laughs> because that that was a momentum swing that swung back and forth because of those two penalties. If, if Southern takes that ball right there, I think Southern has a good chance to beat FAMU instead of coach just kicking the field goal and putting the game out of reach at that point in time.
2: I like that because there I think there's an argument on the other side is that on the second half, Southern hadn't really shown to do much against their defense. So you really can get that score and make sure you put the game away. Or because if you don't get it, they're still on the one-yard line. That means they got to go 99 yards. So B.J. Jones, is there a different side of that or are you in line with – what Drew just said, which is also a good point, as we get to do this Sunday morning quarterbacking or coaching for sure.
3: <laughs> yeah, Drew, yeah, man, Drew hit it on the head, and I think also going back to what Drew said, man, Mexico would have shooter seven drop passes last night by Southern receivers. Two mm. of them, two of them, there was a receiver, there was goal line, and there was God. There was nobody <laughs> else. So, if you're talking about converting on two of those. And we're talking about a completely different game. So, like I I say it is the season of coulda, woulda, shoulda.
2: I did want to give a shout-out to Bethune-Cookman Wildcats. That was a big win. They get off the offer. We started off kind of closing out on that, obviously, uh, as they get it done against all 35-31. And this is indicative of the whole season that we talked about the Wildcats. They have not quit. They were down 17-7 to in that game. Uh, And even bigger than that, before they got the rolling late in the third quarter, just talking about what was taking place there. So uh, a lot of credit goes to them in terms of what they got it done, uh, fighting back uh, in that matchup, and just keep finding a way to get it done. Let's go to the MIAC um, and make sure that we break down this game, because I really thought it was probably one of the best uh, games of the weekend, maybe possibly of the year, in terms of double overtime, uh, as North Carolina Central hashtag protect your homecoming, coming from a deep hole in a lot of ways as um, they were down in that matchup. But they just kept fighting back themselves. At one time, it was 21-0, Norfolk State. And you thought this was basically over. And uh, here comes the Eagles uh, to go into half at 21-17. Interesting. So let me stick with you, B.J. Jones, and then we'll go over uh, this Norfolk State Central game. Everything is still ahead of Central. They'll fall a little bit in the polls, but they were rolling it because they, if they can win out, they can still uh, make that South Carolina State the game that allows them to win the conference in terms of the head-to-head tiebreaker uh, if they can get it done against South Carolina State and represent the MIAC in the celebration mode. But just in general, this does make things a little more interesting. What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup, P.J. Jones? Yeah, for, for
3: about a quarter and in- – a little over a quarter, everything went wrong for North Carolina Central. Hmm. I mean, this game was 21 nothing. like before. I mean, it, it was quick. Uh, I mean, it was 21-0, you know, 13 minutes into the second quarter. And credit to Trey Oliver and that staff, North Carolina Central didn't quit. Uh, they, 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 they didn't quit. They kept chipping away. And you saw uh, uncharacteristic, disciplinary penalties by Norfolk State, which really flipped that ball game, particularly late in the fourth quarter, as well as in overtime. You had a personal foul penalty that forced them to start from the 40-yard line. You had a personal foul foul penalty that bumped back the extra point. Uh, So, uh, shout out to North Carolina Central. They they got it done. Uh, They were in a position where they could have gave up. They didn't. Uh, And if you're Norfolk State, man, you could have wrapped this thing up next week, you know, pretty much. Um, you know, now you you you, you kind of throw yourself in, in in there with everyone else and we'll see how it works out. Yeah, great point.
2: Drew, what are your thoughts on this matchup?
0: First of all, I want I want to look at this game in a couple of different perspectives. Number one, we we've monitored the hashtag protect your homecoming. Homecomings are over now. Home teams won 32 of 54 homecomings this year. That is 59% of the time your home your home team won its homecoming. Last time I checked it, those were not good numbers. Those are good betting odds. But for homecoming, <laughs> you need to be up around 70, 75% if you want the checks to flow HBCUs. We got to do. I, and I know when you, because your conference good. time is a little bit harder to schedule them. But some of y'all may need to be playing homecoming in September instead instead of uh, late October or early November because of these schedules that some of these conferences have put out there. I also want to talk about what what was the more surprising game in the BAC? the fact that Norfolk State lost or the fact that Morgan got its first win as now every HBCU team in, in our major division has a win now, and not only did Morgan State win on Thursday night, they really controlled. They controlled that game throughout on third yep. on Thursday night. So three quarters and a half, sure did. Yeah. So I think that is something else we need to look at significantly with the with the BAC, and I think I, I don't know a lot of BAC people were, were really looking at HBCU football was really looking for. uh Norfolk to be that representative in the celebration bowl, obviously creating that, uh, that, that matchup where the Norfolk coach who used to be the Southern coach comes coach back Jordan, to the celebration. Yeah, bowl Jordan, back, To coach yeah. against the the Swag. What a, what a headline that would be. Now it could still happen, but you know, you've got that storyline versus, uh, versus South Carolina State. So which one, which storyline are we going to get out of the MIAC? Because it's really going to come down to those two teams.
2: Next one I'm going to talk about is you jumped into the Morgan State. Credit for them getting that done. So the last one we got here in terms of the BIAC is that South Carolina State defeating Howard. It was close, but they got it done. South Carolina State at home wins against Howard 15 to 12. We saw South Carolina State being explosive on the offensive side, but they've gotten the conference play. And they've kind of dug back to their old ways where they're winning these defensive uh, matchups. It's a weird to see what how they switch that switch and find ways to win. What's your thoughts in terms of this game uh, with South Carolina State uh, getting it done against Howard, fifteen to twelve? Don't look too fast. You know we wanted to bury them, but we said wait till they get the conference race and they've done what they could do and supposed to do. Sticking with you, Drew. What are your thoughts on it? I'm
0: gonna pull out my inner Mike Washington on this one, fellas. Is this a true data point? This is this is a Howard team who has had more downs than ups this particular season. So is this a true data point when we look at what, what South Carolina State Buddy Pugh did against against Howard? Correct me if I'm wrong, Howard played uh played Norfolk close also this uh this year for, for a loss. Yeah, they
2: did. They did. They were right in there.
0: So is this really saying something about how Howard is the team to watch, maybe in twenty-two, mm. challenging these two front runners, or is this about I don't even want to use the word parity, mediocrity in the in the BAC conference this year? That's the question that when we when we actually have time to sit down and look at the data points, that's what we need to figure out what this game says. E.J. Jones, I want to get your
2: thoughts on. Them. This matchup,
3: uh, though, that comment there as well. Um, South Carolina State looked looked better offensively when they were playing defenses that weren't that good. And just the fact of the matter, now now you're playing better defenses. The offense is back to life, back to reality. Um, <laughs> I think with um, with Howard, there's a lot of youth on that football team. That is a young Howard football team. I think that you give Howard a couple of years with that staff and that, you know, that coach, I think that they'll, they'll, they'll contend, Um, you know, they'll contend up until this recent um situation they have with the, the students are striking how was kind of hot, not only as an athletic department, but as a university as well. And you hope that, that, you know, that they get everything worked out. And this doesn't damper that, but also in the MIAC, I think that these two, these teams are very close. I mean, I think all of these teams are close. I don't think that there's one team, that's just head and shoulders just better than the rest of them. I know that record-wise, Norfolk State – now, when, when Norfolk State plays their best game, they are. The problem with Norfolk State is oftentimes they don't play their best game. They play just enough to win. And I think that's the same thing with South Carolina State. I think South Carolina State maybe overlooked Howard. Howard came in, gave him a couple of jabs to the face. And next thing you know, you got to prepare yourself for a fight when the other guy came prepared. So, um, I think with uh, – South Carolina State, they got caught looking ahead. They got Norfolk next week. We think everyone believes that that's going to decide who goes to Atlanta. And I think they got caught looking ahead. Uh, But, hey, South Carolina State got out of there. You got the big win next week. And uh, we'll see how it plays out.
2: Yeah, it gets good and gets interesting in terms of that. Uh, Next week you have Morgan State. um, They at Albany non-conference matchup. Norfolk State and Delaware State. North Carolina Central at Howard, and you have a t traveling to South Carolina State. That's a big non-conference game that we got. And then it goes down to week 12 uh, when you get the key matchup that looks like it's going to decide uh, the MEAC, South Carolina State at Norfolk State. So Norfolk State still has a lot in their hands. Uh, if they can make sure they get it done against Delaware State, that's a good defense. Delaware State, yeah, they struggle a little bit on offensively. But they're going to play with you defensively. So there's many been interesting with Norfolk State with explosiveness on the offense. You've seen the defense give them some problems. So uh, there's going to be a of two different sides of the ball, basically Norfolk State offense against Delaware State defense in a lot of ways. They have to get their game done, and then uh, they can set up that magic last weekend where it will come down to that. So great points you make there in terms of me for it. That's really all we have. I'm going to give you a chance to have your last statement, tell folks how they can catch up with you, B.J. Jones, and we'll do the same for you and Drew. Go ahead, B.J.
3: Hey, man, B.J. Jones, man. You can catch me tonight. We're going inside HBCU football, man. Got a special guest, man, tonight, man. We are swacking the food. Uh, oh, we nice. got those guys coming in. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, all the ins and outs around the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Might have another surprise or two for you, but check us out. Uh, tonight, eight o'clock Eastern, seven o'clock Central, right here on the BC Network. And if you like talk going inside HBCU football Tuesday night on Twitter, man, my spaces, man, we talk about um, HBCU football, previewing and reviewing uh, the games that were and the games ahead.
0: Great point. Go ahead, AD Drew. Unfortunately, it's that time of the year where. We talk about job speculation for a lot of our HBCU coaches. Um, And and, and it's tough. It's tough when you make your living coaching, teaching, and dealing with athletes between the ages of 18 to 22, 23 years old. That's how you feed your family. But alumni, fans, and everyone else. Keep in mind, these are – people when you're talking about fire this person get rid of this person etc 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 keep in mind these are people these are professionals hopefully those people know where coaches know you get hired to get fired at some point in time one day very few times does a coach walk away from a job on his or her own terms but alumni, you, 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 you can speculate about their performance. We can talk about that all day. We've got the numbers. We've got the analysts. we got everything else. But make sure that you keep it professional and to the facts. Don't take personal shots at these, at these folks and everything else as you put pressure on your athletic departments or presidents or board of trustees or board of whatever that your university is governed by. Keep in mind, these are still human beings on the other end, giving their all to your beloved university.
2: Great points. Um, We did talk about non-conference teams in terms of Tennessee State; they lost that tough conference matchup. But I did want to give a shout out to North Carolina A&T and Hampton. They bounced back after tough losses last weekend outside of the championship race, but they're still fighting. Big win with North Carolina a t over Charleston Southern. Coming from behind to get that win uh, was a t credit to them. And a lot of ways to get that done is they went 21-18. Um, as that was done and then Hampton wins in overtime against Garner Webb, 27-21. to 21. So I thought that was a big matchup in terms of what looks out there. That'll do it for me. This is Dr. Cavill inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Uh, make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Kabil, the Dean of HBCU Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBCU Sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Hope you enjoyed our visiting professors as A.D. Drew uh, and B.J. Jones jumped in again. Follow them, check them out, big-time things that they're doing on the Sports Wrap, uh, Knights of the Round Table, uh, as well as BJ Jones uh, for his show as they bring it to you. And he told you that they have special guests there. Fascinating. I also wanted to give a shout out to BJ Jones. Thank you for sharing uh, as we make that push in regards to looking at key matchups, especially those matchups on television. Shout out to John Grant, executive director of the MIAC challenge in the celebration bowl. Um, he uses our platform, our mid-major and major division rankings, to show key games of the week that are on ESPN of various channels. So want to shout that out. Thanks again, VJ Jones, for sharing it. AD Drew, thanks for the work that you do behind the scenes and continue to get it done. Again, every Tuesday and Thursday right here at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time, you know we'll do it. Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, you'll see guests coming in and out. We'll get into some more of these coaching hunts. This week will be interesting. We'll get into CIAA, SIEC championships. Some key matchups to close out the year. Probably the big game of the week. You have to say it's Prairie View traveling to Alcorn State in terms of the Braves. Uh, will Braves get off the mat? I'm sure they will. That last home game, um, as we get into the rivalry weekend after that, be fascinating fam you chasing that elusive at-large bid to the playoffs. What does that mean? Key matchups in the uh, MIAC. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But we'll keep our eyes on Langston to see what that means for them. But follow me, Dr. Kenyatta on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, that's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-B-I-L. D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-B-I-L. Look for us. We'll transition and start giving you some basketball news. That's interesting. It's coming up. The hardwood is seeing that ball bounce on it. So we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, and we'll make sure you close out strong on the football season and see how things close out and turn. Great points by A.D. Drew. You can make all these statements, certainly have the right to talk about whether you want to go in a different direction, but how you handle it is something that we need to make sure we uh, do the right way. Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with uh, on Twitter, that's Fook, Facebook and YouTube, inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Dream big and continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. B.J. Jones,
0: Of course. A.D. Drew? Lecture. Dismissed. He passed the
2: quiz. It's just good. That's two in a <laughs> row. Two in a row. We are on it. I holler. Appreciate you, Jim.